Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Time to look outward, uh, outside at least uh, the borders of our country, and uh, bringing some stories from other parts of the world. Jonathan de Burke Butler. Uh, joins us once again. Good afternoon, John. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, the US we're going to go to uh, first. And uh, rather, well, it's it's a completely grim story. There's a kind of a slight irony to, to all of this grimness, given this person uh, was an influencer. So I suppose to start by telling us about Ruby Frank. Yeah, Ruby Ruby Frank or Ruby Frankie, I think her, the pronunciation mm-hmm. is. She's based in uh, Utah. I think she was in her, she is in her 40s, 42 or 43 and she was an influencer, right, on YouTube, specifically a parenting influencer. She started a channel back in 2015 called Eight Passengers, a YouTube channel. <clears throat> Excuse me. And those eight uh, passengers were her six children, mm. herself and her husband. And she used to go on there and she'd just basically show people her life and what it was like living as a Mormon family. But every now and again, she would pop up videos on there that were slightly controversial, things such as punishing her very young daughter for not bringing her lunch to school, for not making and bringing her lunch to school by essentially not giving her any food, right? Her Mm. response to the school was, well, I'm not coming to uh, give her any lunch. And indeed, when she comes home, uh, I'm not going to feed her either. So she learns a lesson. And this was the thing that she'd go on and she'd boast about. Uh, Her son, or at least one of her sons, spent seven months away from his bedroom and sleeping on a beanbag for pranking his uh, one of his siblings, right? So these were the, the sort of punishments that she used to dish out. And over time, People began to get slightly concerned about these, and indeed, TikTokers and YouTubers would make YouTubers would make their own videos about the family, sort of yes. criticizing them. Mm. So they were always on people's radar as being a little bit strange, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. And then last August, um, so just a, just a couple of weeks ago, a twelve-year-old boy covered in open wounds. Uh, and clearly uh, who looked malnourished, knocked at a door of a neighbour's house asking for food and water. Now, this 12-year-old boy turned out to be one of the sons of this woman, Ruby Frankie, uh, and he had escaped from a nearby home moments before by climbing out of the window and, and running away, right? Now, when he got there, he told the woman who answered the door, oh, this, all of this is my fault. So... You know, he'd been brainwashed to think yeah. into, into thinking that what he had, you know, that this punishment was was justified. Yeah. Um, so eventually, the police were called. They went over to the house that he had escaped from, and they found another person uh, who was a ten-year-old, uh, his sister. Right, the two of them were taken into care, and four hundred miles away. Two of their siblings were also taken into care. This woman, Ruby Frankie, and an associate of hers. Uh, with with whom she had started another social media channel, uh, were both arrested and last week um, they were put in front of a court for their hearing, which apparently was viewed by over 1,300 people who had signed in online to look at the hearing, such as the fascination with this particular yeah. story. And that young fellow who escaped, there was there was duct tape, tape on his ankles? Duct between. tape on his ankles and the boy t- was taken to hospital due to malnourishment and, quote, lacerations from being tied up with rope. So he was obviously in serious condition uh, altogether. Yeah. Now the the, uh, the the age range of these kids were were there grown up kids involved here who there, perhaps had escaped? Yeah. So there were grown up, up, up kids. There was one who's been very outspoken. Her name is Shari. Uh, I think I had a look at her Instagram channel. She looks to be sort of in. Co- I think she's in college or university. Okay. And she is no longer. Uh, she's estranged from the family essentially, and she's been critical of them 
for quite a long time. So she was delighted when this, when she heard news of this and she came out and said justice is being served. Uh, even her sisters, that is the woman who owned the YouTube channel, yeah, Ruby Frankies. Frankie, her, she had three sisters who made a statement saying that this needed to happen and that they didn't raise the alarm bells before because they were worried about the children. And they now say that the children are safe. Investigations will be launched um, and uh, apparently they have enough to charge uh, this woman on and her associate, it should be said. It was from the associate's house mm. that this child had actually escaped. Uh, so yeah. um, there's two of them in it. By there's the more. Uh, yeah, there sounds like there's far more. And Mr. Frankie. Uh, Interesting. He hasn't been he hasn't been arrested uh, mm. yet. And but a lawyer representing him as an individual, it should be underlined, mm. came out and said, oh, he's a loving and caring man and, and you know, he's, he's never done anything to hurt these children. He was very specific about that. Now, we do know that he was involved in that seven-month beanbag thing yes. that I mentioned earlier yeah. because he was on YouTube boasting about it. Um, so um, he, he might still see some trouble yeah. Uh, yeah. as well. My word. Uh, right, Guatemala we're going to go to next, uh, where the uh, former president there gets eight years. Yeah, this is a man that we spoke about a lot in, in years gone by, Otto Perez Molina. Um, he was forced from office in 2015 by anti-corruption protests. Hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets there um, and they wanted to get him out. And essentially, he received millions of dollars worth in bribes in exchange for awarding over 70 contracts to ver- government contracts, obviously, to various different companies from both within and without Guatemala. And, you know, so he's he pocketed an awful lot of money. Now, when he was kicked out of office in 2015, he was arrested straight away. So that led me to thinking, OK, the eight years, has he already served it? But mm. no, because last year he was sentenced to 16 years in prison, along with his uh, vice president, Roxana Baldetti, who you might remember, uh-huh, yeah. um, because they were already found guilty of, of, of running uh, various different bribery schemes um, uh, through Guatemalan customs. I think they used to basically say, OK, if you want to bring your product in here, you've got to give us, we're going to cream some money off the top. Uh, and that's what happened uh, in that particular case. So they got 16 years for that. So at 72 years of age, I don't think he's going to be seeing um, too many blue skies outside yeah. of jail in the future. But they've got a real problem there um, with corruption that is ongoing. Um, so uh, still haven't quite quite haven't got a handle on it. Yeah, there's still, yeah, because you can put individuals in jail, but there's still a generalised corruption and no doubt there are Lots of corporations and vested interest in the country still expecting that they can Absolutely. hand you a few bombs. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and it doesn't help that when this guy, for example, is put, is put away, uh, that the guy who comes after him, Jimmy Morales, who's this charismatic comedian mm. that won a huge victory uh, back in 2015, 2016, he was also accused of corruption. And then he, when he left, the guys who've come after him have also been accused of corruption or dealing in a corrupt manner, at least. Right. Um, so no surprises <laughs> that they went for an outsider in the last election in August, a man by the name of Bernardo, Bernardo Arevalo, excuse me, um, uh, who says he's going to clean up the whole country, but it right. remains to be seen. And when, uh, when does he assume power? It's very similar to the United States. So they had the elections there in August, but he doesn't come to power until January. And, and interestingly enough, his father was president from 1945 to 51, oh. which made me sort of say, well, you know, are we looking at, you know, dyna- dynastic politics here? Yeah. 
but he was an interesting guy. He was there for six years and he managed to um, he managed to rebut 25, no let no fewer than 25 coups in his time. Many of those that, that were backed by the United States. Uh, so he was a bit of a bit of a lefty uh, yeah. that they didn't like and they wanted yeah. to get rid of. But he imagined he managed to stay alive and stay in power for six years. Uh, right. Fiji, we're going to go to next, uh, where uh, members of a cult have been deported. Yeah, this is a bizarre story involving a cult called the Grace Road Church, right? So the Grace Road Church have been around since the noughties and they're one of many doomsday cults that you find in, in South Korea. Um, and these guys decided to move to Fiji in 2014 because their leader, a woman by the name of Shin ok said that South Korea was about to fall off the face of the earth from famine and pestilence and drought. Okay? Okay. So they said that Fiji was the place to go. So they went to Fiji anyway, and lo and behold, they started to run up, uh, you know, to run some businesses out of Fiji. Okay, so they called themselves the Grace Road Group, and they were in construction, they were in restaurants, agriculture, supermarkets, all sorts of things. And the labour was provided by the 400 followers who had had their passports taken by this, the leader of this particular group. Now, as they grew, uh, they obviously began to employ more people within Fiji, and you might remember Frank Bainimarama, one of our favourite long-term mm. presidents of, of Fiji, who's only just been ousted. He was prone to taking little backhanders and that kind of thing in his own time, right? So he was very happy that this particular cult was there making money for themselves, employing people in Fiji and probably making money for him as well. Yeah. But they were dodgy, okay, and they were violent. And um, inexplicably, some of their leaders went back to Korea back in 2018 for a little holiday and they were arrested. And so this founder was arrested and thrown in prison um, for holding her followers captive in Fiji for forced labour and for beating them. Now, what they do is, and there's been video footage of this apparently, is they're beating you to beat the devil out of you, apparently. So that's the excuse. They gather around in a group and they knock lumps out of you. Um, So all of these accusations had been made by people who left the cult uh, and finally some of the leaders were thrown in prison. There was, in the same year, 2018, they went on an Interpol red list. Okay, so international warrants were issued for them. But because Bainin Marama, the president, or the Prime Minister of Fiji, Mm. was doing well out of it, he didn't want to arrest them. Yeah. That changed last year when Bainin Marama was kicked out in an election. A new administration came in and now they've started to uh, arrest these uh, high-ranking members of this doomsday cult and sending some of them back to South Korea where they will eventually face trial, we suspect. Right, OK. Do you know how many of them have been deported so far so or due to be arrested? Uh, there was five of them arrested. Two of them have been deported. Uh, there was two that were meant to be deported, but there was some sort of an injunction that came mm. on it. Uh, which prevented that from happening. But it will probably happen eventually. Yeah. But what's going to happen to the other 400 people that have left behind with no passports? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. But they were like, they sound like the victims. In, they are in very much the this. victims. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's a doomsday they didn't see coming, uh, one could say. <laughs> uh, right, the UK, we're going to go to uh, next. Very sad story uh, where a father had, uh, has admitted to the manslaughter of a son. Yeah, a terrible story that happened in the north of the country. The incident took place on the 5th of August when a man by the name, 36-year-old man by the name of Matthew Rycroft, uh, he had visited his parents' house in Huddersfield with his 12-year-old son, Callum, who's um, intellectually disabled, shall we say. And um, he went on the lash 
right? Yeah. And and uh, decided to drive home. Oh. Uh, and he was asked by his parents not to do so, uh, to the extent that even when he was driving away, they called him and said, look, pull over and we'll come and get you. So he must have been in a really bad state. He came off the motorway at one point, he took a turn and the car went over. Now, instead of staying in the car, waiting for, or near the car and waiting for emergency services, he decided to take both himself and his son and inexplicably cross over the motorway. They got halfway across and then he decided that it would be a good idea to turn back and Callum was struck by a car and was killed instantly. So this guy was arrested uh, and he admitted uh, to manslaughter last Tuesday, I think it was. He'll be brought back for sentencing um, in the middle of uh, this month, I think the 19th of September is when he's going to be brought back. Right. Harrowing stuff. Harrowing stuff. Right, finally, uh, the uh, new member, uh, or new permanent member of the G20 is the Africa Union. The Africa Union, yeah, I thought this was very interesting. I mean, we spoke about the G20 a little bit last week, the fact mm. that Xi Jinping wasn't there and the statement, uh, or the non-statement issue about the, the war in Ukraine. But this went a little bit under the radar. So on Saturday, the African Union was uh, officially brought into the G20, which I suppose will now be called the G21. Mm, Uh, And uh, it was a real coup for Narendra Modi, who, of course, was hosting this in New Delhi. Um, He was the guy who proposed this and asked for everybody's approval and everybody gave the thumbs up. Um, and he says, of course, that it's part of India's diplomatic policy of multi-alignment, right, which is basically mm. what he's trying to do is not box himself into one group, either east or west, but play everybody. Um, but look, it's I think it's good. It's a good thing. Um, mm. You know, South Africa were the only representatives there, which I'm sure Nigeria were a little bit annoyed about, to be honest with you, but they were the only representatives there. Mm. And now you've got the Africa Union, which is a grouping of 55 African nations, representing about 1.4 billion people, but with only 10% of the world's economy, which is the big problem. Uh, Well, indeed, though, if you, you know, if the G20 is 19 nations plus the EU, which is like 500 million odd, 1.4 billion have been uh, ignored up to this point. So uh, it is something of a step forward. Right. So what should we look forward, uh, uh, look out for, at least uh, in the coming week, Jonathan? Yeah. So lots of talk today about uh, Kim Jong-un with a big focus on his train, in fact. But uh, we'd probably do well to take him seriously. Uh, He is a bit of a comedy figure, it has to be said, but he's a comedy figure with nuclear weapons. Uh, and so well, we don't know if they work. That's, yeah, well, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, but he is. Um, ah, but there's some reason why he's going to see Putin today. Yeah. Now, it's now it's obviously a benefit to him. But you know, one would want to he, see what benefit it might be to Putin. He, he's only left the country six times. Apparently, he's hmm. only left North Korea six times, and two of those were to see Trump. Yeah. Um, so there's talk of him going there to try and get some technology from the Russians. Or the Russians up to now apparently have been uh, fairly okay in terms of the sanctions. I mean, they've played their part in the sanctions that have been leveled against uh, North Korea. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for them perhaps to come out of that a little bit and get something from them. And in exchange, the Russians might get some weapons uh, out of them. But we we don't really know. Yeah. uh, yeah. at this moment in time. But there'll be a lot of talk around that today, I'd say, later today. Because I don't yeah. think they've met yet, actually. Right, OK. So uh, that should be uh, an emotional moment uh, when they do. Uh, so what else is happening? OK, on Friday, uh, we've got uh, World Afro Day. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, something to celebrate. Yes, and I'm down with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then campaigning in New Zealand uh, is going to ramp up ahead of uh, October elections 
general elections um, and Labour in the latest opinion polls, that's Jacinda Ardern's old party, are expected to take a right hammering in that. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the next couple of weeks. Good stuff. Jonathan, thanks a million. Thanks, As sure. ever, Jonathan DeBarca Butler there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.